Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to the Cool Mom Code Podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm your host, Lizzie Mathis, and today we have actress, producer, and cool mama of one precious little girl, Shanti Laurie, joining us on this week's episode. Shanti has found her way through it all, from racism as a kid, being raised by a single mom, to Hollywood, and a very long seven-year journey into motherhood herself. We dive into it all. Let's just say, strength may just be one of her superpowers. Keep listening for the full scoop. Shanti Laurie is in the house, the Cool Mom Code podcast. I have to say, I've stalked you a little bit. Okay, yeah. okay. I've so always, you're the one. I'm the one. Look, I'm the one. The one that you keep on seeing yeah. going through your videos. Yeah, that's okay. me. That's me. I do. I admit it. I admit it. It's nice to meet you. You're a nice person, so well, I'm not as scared now. Okay, well, there you yeah. go. Don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. I promise. I don't, I'm not threatening. Um, I'm very excited to have you here. I feel like I've known you from the game. Yeah. And I feel like, you know what I mean? When this came up and I was like, oh my God, yes, that's so exciting because I feel like I grew up watching you on the game. Okay, that scares me a little because most people who say they know me from the game like think I'm a really not a nice person. I know, they're your character. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm like, oh, I was a little different. Do you, you know? get that all the time though? I do, especially after season one, actually. Season one was legitimately hard for me because I was so happy to be a part of the show. Of course. And honored when people recognized me. But the energy of the recognition was like very like high, no way. timid, and and yes, they thought you were mean girl. Yes, and someone even came up to my mom on a set and said, "I'd really like to talk to her, but I'm really afraid. Is she nice?" No yes. way. <laughs> and it's so opposite from who you are. I think that's why it bothered me because yeah. I kind of really try and live in the world very open and nice and and approachable. Right. And so that specifically was hard for me. But I, I got a thicker skin. What's, I got the, over what's it. been the worst experience though you've had with that? Like someone oh. actually coming up to you thinking you were your character. Okay, you know what? It was it was a game situation. I was on a totally different set, and I was playing a really vulnerable character. Mm -hmm. And the set was supposed to be closed because I was doing some vulnerable work. Mm -hmm. um, and this person came up to me in my private moment when I was just you know okay, like get there and be there yeah. and stay there. And he was like, "Hey, Dion, no. looking good." And then no. went around the corner. That's and it her was character just like, name, by the way. Yeah, Dion that was is my character other character. Name. Very different than the character I was playing. And it was also just the way he did it, like, I'm always here, like, popped in. It just, it felt really invasive. Yeah. Yeah. Like jarring. Yes. I think that's the hard part about acting, though. You know, I think when people perceive you to be a certain way, mm. when that's not your true character. Yeah. And that just means, is it is it also a compliment? That you because do. you play it that well. Right. You know? Right. It yeah. has to be. I guess it is, right? And it is something we sign up for, so I try not to complain about that. I do sometimes want to make clear who I am, mm -hmm. you know, which is why I think social media does have a nice place. I'm not always a big fan of it. Right. But I think in um, letting people see who I really am, that's, that's a nice way of using it. Well, I think, yeah, I think anytime we can let people see who we really are. Yeah. Right? I think that's always a bonus. Is it, though? I also wonder Ooh, about as an actor. Go. I like this. Right? I like, I love this. This is good. So, Tell me why. I, I kind of, part of me is like, I want people to know that I'm not my characters. I'm a, this different person. But I think sometimes that's just vanity. Mm. Because as an actor, we should really be able to, like, just completely be that character and have ourselves disappear sometimes. And mm -hmm. if people know you really well, that's harder. Mm -hmm. I look at someone like Leo DiCaprio, right? right? He doesn't have social media. He mm -hmm. doesn't have a lot of presence outside of his work. Right. And I think that maybe is why we believe him in so many parts. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know who Meryl Streep is. Right? At I don't all. know who she is. Mm -hmm. I think of her because of the way she looks as like a nice person. She comes across very nice. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh my God, she'd have, I would have a lovely conversation with her. Absolutely. Just lovely, lovely person. But we don't really know her. But we don't know. 
We have no idea because like you said, the anonymity of her life is so secret and all we see are the characters that she plays. And that's why we buy them and everything too because we don't see Meryl, we see this new character. So yeah, I mean, I I guess I I don't know which one is is more right or is more professional or I love that you took it to the craft though. You were like, hold on, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) I know. Maybe it's not so good that you know who I am, you know? It's complicated. It's like, it's complicated. I think that's probably a very good point, right? And a hard point, especially when it comes to your career. It's complicated. Yes. Let's take it back for a little bit. Okay. Let's take it back to Colorado. That's where you're born and raised? That's right. Born and raised in Colorado. How do we make our way to LA? Girl, I do not know. I didn't know then. (laughs) I knew I was in the wrong place. Not that there's anything wrong with Colorado. I still go back and I really love it. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Mm. And how Um, did you know that? I'm telling you, it was like on a like a cellular level. I was Mm. born and I just felt like I'm supposed to, well, I hate being cold. Right. Yeah, (laughs) I'm from Michigan, so I'm the same way. Right, we weren't supposed to be born there. Everybody's like, do you ski? I'm like, no. No, thank you. No, No, thank you. Don't need it again. I eat the hot, I drink the hot chocolate (laughs) in the lodge. (laughs) I'm very good at that. Um, No, I, I just wasn't supposed to be there. I was supposed to be doing creative things, storytelling things, uh, being in a place where I wasn't an other. Mm. I was very other in every way. Tell me what you mean by that. Because I understand from the creative standpoint, like tell me, is there other ways that you felt other? Oh, for sure. So my mom is white and my dad is Cher- was Cherokee Indian and African American. He passed. Mm, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, but I was raised with just my mom and I was in a town of you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it felt like 99% white. Right. And not not 99% not black, but white, mm-hmm. you know? I would walk into a room and I was just the blackest thing anyone had ever seen. I was the most other thing anyone had ever seen. And that gets tiring. Yeah. And, and it turns into the way you see yourself too. And you felt that? Oh, very much. But what age did you start to recognize that? Sadly, there's a story. It was it was um, my first day of kindergarten, and a little boy specifically called me. Um, sorry to use this term, but he called me a nigger, mm. and he told me that I should go back to Africa. And I just never felt the same. It really it made me understand that that difference that I was feeling and that I could sort of see was there was real, and wow. there was there were words for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also really poor in a very affluent um, town, which in some ways was a benefit. I had a great education, mm-hmm. but I was an other, right. always. Yeah. You know, with what instrument can you play? Well, I can't afford to play an instrument. I have to play whatever they'll give me. You know, are you going on the field trip? Well, I can't unless we get, you know, the funds or something. It was mm-hmm. just every day was an other situation. So a couple questions here. Mm-hmm. Literally jump out immediately. Yeah. As a parent your mom, Mm. how did she tackle a little boy saying something so derogatory to her beautiful little girl at school? How how do you parent through that? That's such a great question. I remember the story so specifically because of that side of it. I told her, I came home immediately and I said, oh, mom, this little boy said this to me at school and her face is what I remember. She just froze. Mm. And as I remember, who knows how dramatized it is because I'm a storyteller, but she started to cry and she like grabbed me really, you know, harshly or strongly and just said, you know, you are perfect the way you are mm-hmm. and you don't let anyone tell you that you don't belong. Um, but it was her fear and pain in that moment that I saw like, sadly, I felt like, oh, she's afraid he's right. Mm-hmm. She's afraid that I am other and I am wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom parented the best way she could, which was just constantly telling me that other people have different viewpoints that are not always understanding and not always right. And mm-hmm. that it's your job to, you know, be proud of yourself and move through this world the way you want to. And if that means educating others, then you do that. If that means turning the other cheek, then you do that. If that right. means walking away, then you do that. Whatever you need to do. Right. And I, I plan to pl- pass that along to my daughter because I don't want her to think she has to stand up to every bully. Right. Or that she can't stand up to a bully, that she should just turn the other cheek. It should be what she feels in that moment. You know, it's interesting, though, because 
everyone who I have on this podcast obviously has a story. Yeah. And they obviously have a place where they come from and they all have experienced something of their version of what grit is, right? Mm. And I think it's interesting because as we turn this 180 and now that we're parents, yeah. it's what you bring to the table as a parent as well. But for you, I feel like this is interesting because this is not in any research. This story right. is not in any research you can do. This is literally from us having an honest conversation. Yeah. But like that those sort of moments in your childhood in such an early developmental like stage mm. of life yeah. has to equip you with multiple ways of being able to handle the world. Yes. The and pivot. so the pivot, That's what right? I call it. The, the pivot. pivot. Like, mm. but like through, you're saying through your kindergarten experience that happens. So then you have to move on to now middle school, high school, yeah. right? Like, you don't leave home until what, 18 or 17? I left really early actually. I graduated early. Um, I think I was, I was an advanced student, but my mom was a teacher. And also because I didn't have friends at school and I didn't have a connection, I mm -hmm. just studied at home. Right. So I ended up graduating at 14. Wow. Very early. Wow. And then my mom didn't feel I was ready, nor did I. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be done with school in that form. Mm -hmm. I loved school, but I hated the environment and Colorado environment. I just knew I wasn't in the right place. Because you felt other. Yeah. Always. Always. And I just knew that as soon as I got through this whatever system they had put me in, then I could move on to what I really wanted to do into a place where I felt like I belonged. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how true that was really, mm -hmm. you know? Um, as soon as I was able, I ended up moving to Los Angeles. And the minute that I got off the plane basically to live here, because I had been here before as a dancer, I would come out to study. Mm -hmm. But the moment I was here to live, I just felt like an entire weight lifted off of me. Really? Yeah, because when I walk into a room and someone goes, ooh, it's it's other, but it's not a bad other. Right. It's, I've never seen that before. What are right. you? You have a story. Yes. In Colorado, it's, oh, oh dear. Right, oh, right, right, right. No. You know? It's a fear. It's a fear. Yeah. And so here it was just so in your face, the exact 180 of mm -hmm. what I was used to experiencing that it was, it was just magical. I think it's kind of profound that you're able to recognize instantly the difference of an oh wow fear and a oh wow ooh let's ooh. I'm intrigued tell yeah. me more yeah it's mm -hmm. obvious the fact that you are ingrained with that knowledge to recognize those two different oh wows yeah that's what I'm more fascinated with huh? you know yeah. because you it, it was from a young age yeah from a young age you've literally been trained right to to notice facial expressions yes. on how people react to who you are yes yeah it's really interesting. That's wild. It, do you not feel that you are as well? Are you not as in touch with that? Um, I'm in touch with human behavior, right? Mm -hmm. But I think my experience is much different from yours. Yeah. My experience is I was always around um, kids of color. I'm from Detroit. Right. I never had to look for other. diversity. Mm. I was never an other. That's you know crazy what I mean? To me. But I was always. I always felt like. But I always felt. Um, I still always felt like I was meant for bigger things. Mm -hmm. I was meant to be other places and see the world in a different way, yeah. not just stay in Detroit, yeah. but not in the same way as how you must have seen it, especially because when you came home, you also, your mom <clears throat> not necessarily looked like you, right? 100%. And so that yeah. experience from her perspective of even parenting you must have also been different. It was. And, you know, we talk about it now. Um, she wasn't supported. You know, she didn't have um, uh, she didn't have a connection with my dad's family. So mm -hmm. there was, you know, that was gone. She didn't have really a connection with, you know, a group of minority people in Colorado. I think she tried her best. You know, she signed me up for, you know, Native American this and Cherokee that and mm -hmm. whatever we could find. But right. the truth is she didn't know what she didn't know. And, right. you know, there are pictures of my hair just dried and awful because she was using VO5 and, yeah. you know, yeah. like whatever. Yes. Yes. We laugh as, as people of color, people who are white are like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Seems like a yeah. nice moisturizer. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's oil-based, right? That's oil, right? That's good. Right? That's good. Um, so, you know, she tried her best, but that was a that was a part of the othering as well is right. that I didn't have a black upbringing. Mm -hmm. And so then I was a little bit othered when I came to Los Angeles as well because I look the part. Mm -hmm. But then when you talk to me, you're like, now what now? 
why are you why are you pretending to be that? And I'm like, I'm not pretending. This is just this who, who I, I am. am. I'm born and raised in Boulder, Colorado. This is what you're gonna get. Right. So yeah, there's Does been a lot of that. Does that create a challenge? Because I know in my former days. Yeah. <laughs> during the acting days of life, that that always was the thing, right? If you were brown, black girl, whatever type of tan skin, whatever curly Mm -hmm. hair, whatever it was, if you look the part, that's right, then you were in a box. Yeah, you you had to to talk like that. That's right. Mm -hmm. You had to come in with your like, girl, bad, da 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 And like, you know, whatever it was, right, that fit into that box. Exactly. Did that limit you in a way of like roles? Yeah. Um, Mara Akil, who created the game, was Mm -hmm. one of the first people who really put into words that she understood my struggle. I love Mara, by the way. Right? You you can't meet Mara and not love her, and that's just true. Um, She's just phenomenal, and she is a a light-skinned woman of color who has mix, you know, of different things Mm -hmm. and understands what it is to speak differently than the way you look. Right. And she was... She wrote that role of Dion for me, actually. Mm. It was supposed to be a single guest star role. Mm -hmm. And she wrote it, I think, in part because of that. She understood that, like, this is a role for a black woman that should exist on TV. And it shouldn't be in a box. Um, Sometimes I get frustrated when people talk about, like, my black experience. Because it's so true. I have a very different black experience. Mm -hmm. But it's still real. You know, we had a cross burned on our lawn. Can other oh. people say that? Like, that's a black experience. Yeah, that is. My mom got Ku Klux Klan literature. That's a true black experience, by it's the way. a true black experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but it's different. And it's not more true than you're growing up in Detroit with. Right. It's just a different one. And right. I love that Mara allowed me to play a different black experience on TV. Well, I yeah, I agree with that. What yeah. I love about it is that it's we're able to see different forms of black women on TV. Like you said, your experience is no less than anyone else. You still what you are and it was your experience. But there are so many people who can relate to that experience. Yes, Yes. and more than you realize. More than you realize. I mean, I meet women all the time. I actually have someone coming on in a couple of weeks who I can't wait to ask about this same sort of thing because I think she was raised very similarly where Mm. she has, you know, she was mixed race, but she was raised mostly with her mom, not her dad around. And her whole struggle through life or not struggle but her her whole kind of you know journey through life was always kind of finding where she was and where she fit in right and it really wasn't until black lives matter that I really feel like it took off for her in terms of her identifying with her black side Mm. so that's interesting you know but everyone has this story that I feel like more people you wouldn't you would be surprised how many people relate exactly exactly Hollywood has a tendency to tell just a few stories because there are only a few storytellers Mm -hmm. right there's a few people who are writing most of the scripts and a few people who are green lighting most of the projects and in Mm -hmm. their eyes this is what a woman's story looks like maybe there's three versions this Mm -hmm. is what a black story looks like looks like maybe there's three versions but when you start allowing different people to green light things and different people to write things you realize Mm -hmm. there aren't three black female stories there's 300 3000 you know you're absolutely right um and so that's why someone like Mara Akil is wonderful because she has a different story and she's telling it her her eyes yeah Yeah, exactly yeah now speaking of that though from like a cultural standpoint Mm. did you ever feel like it was hard to tap into those other sides of your history and your culture and where you come from like what's inside you yeah I went through quite a journey when my dad passed um that's a very complicated relationship and I wished that I had known his family more because Mm -hmm. I wanted to tap into that at his um funeral I met wonderful, beautiful women, strong black women that I'm related to, Mm -hmm. that I literally burst into tears of anger about because I thought, think of the woman I could be had I known these women. And and now I'm not so angry. I say, you know, this was my journey and this was all part of it. But at the moment, I just thought like, you know, all those times when I wasn't sure that a black woman could be this or I wasn't sure how to be this. It was Mm -hmm. like I had perfect representation. I just didn't grow up with it. Wow. So, yeah, I definitely have had moments where... Yeah, and when I yeah, and when I first moved here, they wanted me to be a certain type of black girl that I tried to be, and definitely that made me feel further from my black roots because Mm. I made me feel like I was pretending to be something. Um, And then I just found my own identity, which, as I said, I have my own black woman story, Mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of it, and I can just tell that, and that's enough. What age do you feel like it all just like hit for you? 
Because I, I have, like, I feel like every woman kind of knows. Really? Like, yeah, like, it was around this moment where I was just like, you know what? I am I'm, who I am, and I am going to live done. in who I am. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sad to say that I have two <laughs> ages, and they're very, they're, it's late. It's late. That's uh, Most of the time, it it's is late. late, just so you know. Okay. Most of the time, it's later for women. <laughs> it was yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think 27 was when I realized I was an adult, and the choices that I make are mine mm -hmm. entirely. And that was when my dad was passing and I was in charge of, I, 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 I had a big role in taking care of that and taking care of him and that just felt very heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that there's no one to call, that's you. You, right. you have to step into that. And that made me feel very like grown up in that moment. But then I remember I was 36 mm -hmm. <laughs> when I stopped caring about what people thought of who I married and, and what the way I lived my life. And when I say that, it's because I didn't marry a black man. Mm -hmm. And I had honestly really wanted to marry someone who was um, very mixed race mm -hmm. so that I had a child who was like, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know mm -hmm. what that is. Mm -hmm. But I fell in love with a white guy and I love him and we've been married for 20 years. And I had a really hard time sharing that with people because in the beginning I was ostracized for that, mm. um, especially by the black community that I love so much and I don't want them to feel that I am not part of their community. Right. So that was, I think it was very recently that I just decided it doesn't matter, you know, the people who know me know who I am and that's enough. That's right. Yeah. 36, was that when you all got married? No, we've been married 20 years. For so, real, that's legit. Okay, so yeah. oh, so you've been married 20 years, not just together yeah. 20 years. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's crazy, we're, right? We're very in the same boat, though, yeah? too. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I, 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 I feel that story. Yeah, I'm like, I'm with do? that. I okay. like that. Yeah. But, okay, wait a minute. 36, what was that pivotal moment? Like, the, I, I what we was that trying pivotal to have a baby. moment? Okay, so yeah, the we, trying to conceive. Well, we had been trying for a while, but I, I really don't know what it was. I just remember there was just something inside you that yeah. was just like you know what now yeah I think I was producing something and he was on set and I'd usually like tried to keep my life very separate and mm -hmm. I just stopped and when I stopped I just said that's enough yeah you know like I'm just not gonna I'm gonna be who I want to be and who I am that's right that's yeah. right for me I have a theory yeah life and death are two pivotal moments mm -hmm. especially in a woman's life that bring out a certain level of I don't know. I don't want to say confidence, but a certain level of like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Ownership. Ownership. Yeah. That's a perfect that's, word. That's Ownership. so perfect what you just said, because I just said when my dad passed and when I was about to have a baby, that's Those really were the two moments for me. Yeah. When I had my first child, I literally, I, I swear, through that birthing process, I became a new woman. Wow. And it was like a new, improved me. I yeah. was just like, you know what? I just gave life. And you know what? Now I'm I don't control. give up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then my mom passed. My mom passed um, a couple years ago. And in that moment, the same thing that you felt, though, it was this whole idea of like, wow, life is too short. Live, love whoever it is that yeah. you love, yeah. you know, and just like live in your truth. Mm. That's what it was for me. No more time for BS and no more time for anyone else's BS in my life. Yes. Live in my truth and whoever doesn't accept it, goodbye. I don't need you anyway. Goodbye. Yes. Like, bye-bye. 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 <laughs> nice knowing you. Bye-bye. Yeah. You know, and I think those are the two things. Yeah. So that's my theory. So it's interesting that for you, yeah. it's very close to that. I very much validated that feeling right? for sure. Right? Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a moment. I think actually having my daughter really did give me a whole different set of confidence. Like I definitely walk through the world differently now that yeah. I've had had her, um, which bothers me to say in all honesty because why? Because I had a hard time conceiving, and yeah. a lot of people did the through that journey. People would say, "Oh, you you can't understand. You haven't had a child. When you have a child, you'll understand." All of that kind of stuff. But do you understand that statement now? I do. Okay. And that's why it bothers me because it's like, you know, it's a club that I desperately wanted to be in and people kept telling you it is a club that you can't understand until you're in and I, I hate to say that I totally see that, you know, yeah. um, in a lot of ways. And that's hard. Yeah, yeah, no, that is hard. I mean, I think I want to get into that journey, though. Yeah. More than anything, I want to get into that journey because I think what you've gone through. One, let me just tap on this. Yeah. I love the love. 
Okay, the love is really sweet. And the mm-hmm. fact that you've been able to have a relationship and a marriage for 20 years in an industry that continuously challenges the fabric of what love is oh my gosh. and relationships are, I love that. So Thank let's you. celebrate that for a second with yeah. a whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. Okay, so oh, now you. let's yeah. jump into the other part. You yeah. find love. You guys are married. You're yeah. living the life. This is a question because this is something that I battled, with, or not even battled, but this is something that me and my husband made a pact on early on. Mm. You guys started trying, but did you ever, were you ever afraid to even start having kids? Oh, yeah. Because of your career? I don't think it was ever like because of my career, but it was because of life. Like mm. my husband and I met very young and knew right away that we wanted to get married, even though we were young, because it just felt like we wanted to start a whole big life together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want to wait. We right. know this is this is the one. We didn't want to scare anyone, so we waited three years to get married after we started dating. Okay. But we literally said we were going to get married three months in. Yeah. You know, we knew. Yeah. It was and for everybody else. It was for everyone else's so benefit. It for them to catch up. Yeah, so you're scared. We'll wait a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, wait, I forgot the question that you asked me. So the question, is, shoot, I almost forgot it too. <laughs> no, the question is, were you afraid to have kids? Yes. Because a lot of times with working women, a lot of times yeah. with working women, when you're building a career, when you're in it, right? Yeah. You push kids to the back burner because you're like, uh-uh, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, I don't I don't know, how, have, I don't know how I'm going to go mm-hmm. through that. I don't know what it's going to look like my life after. How am yes. I going to be able to juggle the two? Yes. So a lot of times I find, especially with working women, that you kind of push it off. You're yeah. like, it's over there for now. For now. I'll get to it. We made an, a deal that we wouldn't have kids for at least four years because we were getting married young. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't really about work. It was about like enjoying a relationship together living and then when that four years was over I was in the middle of doing a really big project that I was in love with mm-hmm. um and wait so, a minute you're like when the four years was over was there like a date where he was no. like yo the yeah, four years like hello tap 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 <laughs> remember that four-year <laughs> no. clock that we put on no not at all okay I think we were looking back on this years later and being like what happened why did we wait so long to try right. there really wasn't like a conversation of I'm afraid of this or I'm afraid of that. But we were so happy. Like Mm. in our life, it was so good the way it was. And Mm. the truth is children totally upend your life. And it can be in the most wonderful way, but it can also be in a really jarring way. And so we were just in a really happy place until we were like, okay, let's give this a shot. And I was older. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have um, a condition called endometriosis. Mm. So when it didn't work for about a year, we went and got checked out. Okay. And I have a friend who, um, they were desperate to have children, and they had, it was actually the man who had a condition. Mm -hmm. They got it checked out and fixed, and a year later, they had children. So that was the first question I asked when we went in was, Mm. I know that I have the obvious markers. Endometriosis is something you're born with, and it can affect the um, quality of your eggs Mm -hmm. later in life. Mm -hmm. And so they were always just assuming it's me. Um, and I wasn't even that old. I was 36, you know, right. and people are like, oh, after 35, throw her out. Girl, let me tell you, <laughs> you the ge- ge- geriatric pregnancies. Yes. I'm like, can You're we like, rename oh this, please? please? Please. This is really not cool, guys. It's, it's not yeah. nice. Not nice. Um, yeah. So they never, ever checked my husband. And they did a year of fertility treatments on me only to find out that he had a very simple condition that could be reversed simply and we would be able to conceive easily, supposedly. This is interesting. They don't check the guy. They don't check the guy. It's very, uh, yeah. All right, so this is, but this is a good tip, I think, to everyone who's listening who might be experiencing any sort of beginning phases or Mm -hmm. infertility kind of issues or or things or complications to check both partners. And double check, because I specifically asked them to check my husband and they said that they did. And they never actually did. Mm. And so when I went back a year later when we were talking with a new person, I was just like, can we double check that situation? And they were like, oh, that's obvious. We need to take care of that. Right. And in the meantime, they had given me um, a condition with all of the chemicals and all the things that they were pumping in my body. So it was a really frustrating situation. Right. And then even then we weren't able to conceive, which was maybe just a timing thing. We wanted to make sure to do it because I am getting older and Mm – so we did decide to do um, IVF, mm-hmm. which was a really hard journey to get to. I tell, I tell people the journey to IVF is like this winding road that when you start here, you cannot see the end of it. You right. just can't. It's impossible. But why? Um, well, part of it is because it's a little hidden. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about the process a lot, which is another reason I wanted to be really open about it. 
they just talk about like the first things, the steps to get in, because it's such a big process that they think they'll scare people away. Right. And that might be true, but it also makes it so you just can't even fathom the idea of doing it to begin right. with. It seems like just too much intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did several other things and it wasn't working. And we finally got to a place where we said, you know, we want this to happen. And I think we're ready to try this crazy intervention. Um, and it was beautiful journey with my husband, actually. It was, it was hard. Um, it was painful, but it brought us so close together. You know, we, he did the shots for me, which are awful. They mm-hmm. need to work on that. Like mm-hmm. they just definitely is a better way. It's a painful process. It's very painful. And I was listening to a female doctor talking about it recently saying that if they were doing this to men, they would have come up with different processes. This is so years wild ago. that you say that because I was talking to a woman yesterday. She's 13 weeks pregnant Oof. and she was telling me, she was like, listen, if a man had to deal with half the things that we have to deal with as a woman, yeah. not, she was saying she was still nauseous oh, even after yeah. 13 weeks. She's like, I can't wait for this to go away. Blah, yeah. blah. She's like, if men had to be pregnant, Nausea there would be a would, pill. It, nausea yeah. wouldn't even be a thing. Nope. There would be, oh, that's done. Done, yeah. And I was like, could you imagine if a man had to bleed from his penis for seven days every month? <laughs> oh, my God. There would be a magic pill to could just get rid of it. Could you imagine? I kind of want it to. It wouldn't even be a thing. No. I'd be like, I was like, dude, this is wild. It's but really wild. It's like you're saying. Yes. If IVF was something that men had to go through, yeah. you wouldn't even have the same process, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah, they do a, a whole two-inch needle into your muscle to inject oils that make a big pocket like this, like a welt on you that slowly dissolve in. And that's the point. Wow. Every day. But your welt doesn't go down. So it's just like you have like five So you have to inject the five or the two-inch needle. Yeah, yourself. Yourself. And the nurses, they, they really do act like... I basically, my husband could be a nurse at this point because yes, exactly. he had to like exactly. really like, get into hold it. Hold on, clean, clean yes. the area beforehand and yeah. like make sure your hands are washed. Exactly. Dude. I watched this really great podcast from a woman who was like, these are the tips, these are the do's, these are the don'ts. And I made him watch it and I made him like be very serious because part of it is like, you can't go ready, one, two. two. Yeah, like you exactly. can't be like, oh, did that hurt? I'm. So-. You have to be very like, please stand over here, pull your cheek out. And <laughs> wa- you know, like you just have to be business you have to be about serious. it. Yeah. 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 You know, I could tell that that would be a very um if you have the right partner in partnership, right? It can I be could bonding. see how that could be a bonding experience yeah. because I think just the same as I'm sure you've experienced through pregnancy, having a partner who's invested in it with you is so much different than you just like winging it on your own. Like yeah. you just like in the bathroom, like, okay, Hopefully. here we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Gosh. instead of having someone with you, who's able to walk you, walk with, with you, you through. No, in some ways I feel like the universe, God, whatever you believe really made this, this was the exact right thing for us because we were so invested in every moment of the pregnancy because we had worked so hard to create it, right? right. It wasn't just a bing, bang, boom, check. Oh, I guess I'm pregnant. And like in nine months, let's talk about it. We had been working at this for, for years. Right. And then we went into that appointment together mm-hmm. and we, you know, are doing these shots every night at the exact same time together. Wow. So he was just as involved in my pregnancy as any woman, I feel like. You yeah. know, he was having to change his schedule, having to, you know, he was really helping me make sure I'm eating properly and Mm. and really taking care of the pregnancy in a different way because we'd worked really hard to get it, you know? Right, right. And so every morning I had an app that would tell me, you know, how our sweet girl is growing and the different things that are happening in my body. And Mm -hmm. we would read those together. And I I just don't think that if we had just been able to get pregnant, I don't think it would have been that same experience. Yeah, definitely. So I'm grateful for that. Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash coolmomcode50 and use code coolmomcode50 to get 50% off. That's code coolmomcode50 at factormeals.com slash coolmomcode50 to get 50% off. Just also a really quick note, if you're loving this content, 
our podcast, with all of our amazing guests. We love sharing their stories. It really is such a joy for us. Then you're going to love thecoolmom.co. Make sure to head over there. It is everything that you can think of lifestyle. So we have fashion, food. We have amazing interviews with a lot of other cool moms as well. So check out all of our Cool Mom Co. features. Shop our merch. Do all the things. Check out thecoolmom.co. But talk to me about like how long this lasted, because this wasn't like a one and done IVF situation for you, was it? It was. That was the blessing. It was not a one and done situation before that. We did um, a lot of other different interventions where you just do, you know, pills or a shot or an Mm -hmm. injection. And tell me more about that, though, because I want to tell whoever's listening, Mm -hmm. what are the steps that they can go through prior to IVF to try and get there if this is a concern for them? Yeah. So first, go and get yourself checked out, because as I said, there are things that can be done to actually fix the problem without doing all these other interventions Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, But then after that, you can go to... I'm trying to remember what the name of this procedure is, but instead of removing the egg, which is what IVF is, they take your egg out. Mm -hmm. And we actually did IVF with with what they call ICSI, which is where they actually put the sperm into the egg. They don't just put them in a dish and like cross their fingers. They actually create an embryo. um, embryo. Right. Um, And well, it's a blastocyst. Okay. Anyway. Sure. Um, (laughs) You got that. There you go. (laughs) Um, They create that. And then they put it back. Okay. There are procedures that are way less in, um, invasive where they can just monitor and see, oh, you're ovulating right now. And then you go into the doctor at that time mm-hmm. um, and they actually physically um, put sperm inside you and then cross your fingers. You right? did all these. We did everything. You did all these steps prior to yeah. IVF. Yeah. And this was a period of how long? I think it was probably seven years, but when I say that, it's not like this was all that was on our mind for seven years. It was like, you know, okay, I think we're ready to try. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And then after a year of, you know, trying but not paying attention, going, oh, we didn't get pregnant. Let's try a little harder. Let's get the app. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, check my ovulation. Um, And then when we realized, no, we're trying pretty hard and it's not happening, then we went and got checked. And then that took, you know, some years and then, or a year. Um, And then we did true intervention for a solid year and Mm -hmm. got really um, exhausted by it, the way that a lot of people talk about. Um, We didn't get exhausted with each other. We tried really hard not to. That's good. Talking to each other, making sure we're still on board. There's not one person that's pushing more than the other. Right. But we did get exhausted with the process and we pulled back for a year. Mm -hmm. And then that was when we were ready for IVF because we both said, you know what, after this year of not thinking about it, we realized that a child is really truly something to – go ahead and work for. Is there at any point where you got discouraged and you were like, you know what? Maybe kids are not for us. Never. I don't know why. I never, I knew we would have a baby. There were times when you might've talked to me and I might've said like, I don't know what's happening. Why isn't this? But in my heart, my mom asked me that. She said, aren't you so happy that you have the sweetest girl? Did you never think this was going to happen? And I was like, no, I knew. Yeah. I knew from a child that I was going to be a mom, and I knew that she would be my daughter. I don't know how to explain that, but I yeah. just did. But I'm really grateful that it happened that way. There were a lot of other ways that could have been much harder that I'm glad we didn't have to go through. My mom always used to say that God can only give you the true gifts of your heart. Mm-hmm. And I always That's feel beautiful. like, yeah, like the fact that you just, I don't know, you just, you the one who, the, yeah. I mean, you said something that made me think. Of, <laughs> I just think when you say, you know, you just always knew seven mm. years is a very long time, very yeah, long is. time to try to have a baby in all the different ways that oh. you tried. Yes. That's a long time yes. to put your body through a lot of different things. And just the emotional that you and your husband in a relationship go through. Yeah. Hunty, I've been married mm, for, you, you know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. that's a long time. And it's a lot of conversation. And it's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And then it's a lot of, like, figuring it out. And it's a lot of game plan. And it's a lot of, you know, whatever it is. But compromise. It helps you, I think, because, you know, you don't have one person who's like, oh, we're having a kid. I'm, I'm not really prepared. It's That's two right. people who have been really working toward Invested. it and, and thinking about what that means for their life. So when I'm up in the middle of the night with her, I'm I'm not stressing about it because I'm so grateful. I yeah. spent seven years hoping to hear pitter patter in my house. So... You know, that's great. I'm only going to get to hear it for another couple of years and then that's it. So in some ways, it was such a blessing to have to work harder for it. Kind of like anything, you know, like a career that you had to really fight to get into Mm -hmm. is all the sweeter. It's all much more worth it. Yeah. So now 
Let's fast forward. Okay. Baby girl is here. She's so perfect. She is two years old. Yes, almost. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, February. February 5th. Yeah. February is her birthday. Yeah. That's right, too. She'll be two. She'll be two. How has life as a new mom been? Is Just, everything rainbows? <laughs> I hate to say it, it kind of is. It's my right. life has been really dreamy with her. Um, but again, I think a lot of it comes down to preparation mm -hmm. and really being prepared to be a mom, right? Yeah. Being an older mom, I have, you know, a more stable life. Right. My career is more in a place where, you know, I'm not worried if my name's not on people's lips for six months or right. something, right? right? Like a lot of my character has settled into a place where like this is the perfect time to mm. sit at home and just appreciate my daughter's you know words or you know her walking mm -hmm. so it has been really dreamy and rainbows for me um <laughs> I, my daughter sleeps well I love you this. know like I'm kind of I'm really blessed my mom um spends six months with me she comes during the winters mm -hmm. and so you know she also is very helpful I have like a great village community yes. helping me yes um, that's what it takes though. hundred percent. I think people underestimate how much it really does take a village yeah. to help raise even one child. Even one. Yeah. You know, I yeah, think you have three, like I have three I, different conversation. Three is a lot. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm not going to lie, but you know what it took? It took for me, um, finding what village looks like because yes. you know it's not always the same it's not always the same and yeah. I don't have a lot of family around and mm -hmm. so it was like what does that how how can I operate in this space yeah. and for a long time it landed on just my husband and I we were constantly just we felt things were always in the air the juggle yeah. you know how you say you felt settled yeah and so for you it's the perfect time right now to have her as a baby in your life exactly. because you feel settled yeah for us we just never felt settled in the beginning yeah. it was yeah. always like okay you got this ball <laughs> Are you gonna okay, catch I that? Got this one <laughs> I got this one it was just yeah. it felt like it felt like mayhem you know and yeah. so I think just now as my kids are you know, they're in school, they're, they all are in like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. have to worry about, you know, the, the being at home and juggling, like who's going to stay home with this and what, how do we find this? Yeah. And, you know, it, but now you're like good. years away from the sports struggle or the team struggle. Of I'm like, getting in there. Are you? I'm oh, getting in no. there. We're at middle school. Yeah. So, you know, driving to this practice, driving yes, to that. Yeah. I haven't committed to any club sports. Okay. I good don't for know you. if I will. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. I don't know if I'm going to be that parent. That yeah. seems like a lot. You know, it sure is. But I think it things. depends on how passionate your kid is, right? I think it depends. One thing I will say, if my child is passionate about it and she or yeah. he yeah. feels like they want to do it for a long extended period of time, I'll, I'll invest time. I agree. That's energy. definitely where I am. My mom keeps saying things like my two-year-old daughter <laughs> should be um, uh, going ice skating or she should start figure skating. Yeah. And I'm just like... In theory, I love the idea of seeing my little girl because she is very, she loves balance and, and skill work. I totally love the idea of it. But I'm not going to push her into being an ice skater that's right. like a crazy, committed, <laughs> expensive sport. sport. That's right. For no reason. Yes. Like if she comes to me at five and is like, mommy, ice skating's for me. Yes. <laughs> we can have yes. a conversation. But right now, no. I love that though. I mean, listen, I think that's always the challenge as parents. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is your dream versus what's their dream? To remember you're still a person. Yeah. That's a big one for me because I was working so hard to have a child, right? Mm -hmm. And I love her. And she is my world. Right. But I am also a human person that has a desire to continue to be a, a separate entity. Right. Um, and I love being a mom. But I also really love stepping out and still being Shanti, the producer, the actress. Welcome to the reason why I created the Cool Mom Code. I was just gonna say it like I'm this. You, this that was my that was my reasoning, wow. my impetus to create the podcast in the beginning. I love it because it took me a good two years to find myself again. Wow. You know, I had miscarried before mm. my oldest um, was born, so yeah. before my first baby was born. And it was such a hard journey, right? Like, it was like, I was like, what the hell just happened here? Yeah. Like, how is that possible? I, didn't, I couldn't comprehend how yeah. I felt healthy and I felt strong and I felt all these things, as we do as women, yeah. and why did it not work? Do you mind me asking how far along you were? I was pretty far. Oh. I had, I remember, I remember this so vividly. We went home, we always go home to my husband's family for Thanksgiving. 
And we went home for Thanksgiving. We told everybody because they say wait until three months, but mm-hmm. it was like just shy, and just Thanksgiving. shy. We were like maybe a week and a half off. And we were like, it's just a week and a half. We're golden. Let's tell everybody. We told everybody mm-hmm. lost the baby that in that week and a half span when we got back. And so I remember sorry. feeling so devastated. The hardest part is telling people. The hardest part is going back and being and like, saying what happened. So that's not happening. Psych. I don't know. Like I did. Like, what right. do you say? So that was the hardest part. And then I remember speaking with my grandma and I called her and she was like, girl, you come from strong stock. You'll have a lot of beautiful don't worry. babies. Don't you worry. And I believed her. I remember thinking in that moment, I believe you. You're right. I don't know why, but in my heart, I knew I would be a mother and I believed her. Oh, Isn't that God. crazy? Yeah. 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 So same with you. Yeah. It's like you just believed it. And so there was nothing that could happen no. that could shake you away from the belief of knowing this was going to be a part of my life. Definitely. Don't know how I'm going to get there, but I but know gonna this is going to happen. It's so interesting what you said about miscarriages. I also had um, several, but they were very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we got pregnant from IVF, we told everyone when I was just six weeks, like the minute. Wow. And the reason behind it was I had a miscarriage when I was um, producing a, a TV show. And mm-hmm. I literally had to be dancing in my, like, basically a burlesque show wow. um, and choreographing and being on stage and smiling at everyone. And I was miscarrying at the time. No. And it was so hard. And it was, I felt so alone, mm-hmm. you know, to be standing up there going, hey, guys, how are you? Just really trying to pretend I'm fine. And then running to the bathroom and changing a pad and just, like, also heartbroken I wanted this baby so much yeah and I just remember thinking you know if the IVF doesn't work which it did on the first try which was magical and amazing exactly and if anything happens which it totally can and it's very possible I actually think what I need is support I need to people to know what happened and to know that this is why I'm acting this way this is why this is a hard day or a week or month And I remember just thinking maybe that's more what we need to start telling women is that it's hard, but you need your support. Mm. But then hearing your story, it just sounds like it's personal. It depends on who you are. I mean, I think it does. I think it really does. We were so far along that I don't know. I don't think it matters. You know what? I think I think you're right. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I think for me, when loss happens, I like to cocoon up. Mm. I like to go into my little cocoon. I want to figure it out. I got to get up in this brain and like figure out some emotions and all that stuff. Some people are able to like talk and they're able to pour out and they're able to like, you know, listen. And I couldn't do any of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. I want to feel, I just want to like go in here. So I think you're right. I think it's just a difference on what you need. But that's interesting to know, right? In different processes and in different journeys to know who you are. I think that's also the beauty in having kids at a certain age in life. Because you know who you are. Exactly. There's no more guessing. You know, you're already ownership ownership yeah already you know solidified Maybe that's why we become better at our ownership when we have a child because we have to that's right you have to make those decisions and you have to believe in yourself or you can't get through a day yeah so you've got to step up and say okay no we're doing it this way that's right and there's a little person who's literally looking at you counting on everything I think that's what it was for me for me I was like you know what hold up (laughs) this little girl is looking at me for, for everything. everything. Time is important now. Yeah. What I do is important now. What I say. What I say is important now. Yeah. It's just everything, it heightened the stakes. Yeah. That's what it is. It's it exactly heightened what it the is. stakes. Yeah. You know, and why not live life with a little bit more of heightened stakes? Yeah. I love seeing a strong, beautiful woman who has a daughter too. It just yeah. every time you say your daughter, that makes me so happy because. <laughs> We specifically wanted a girl. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I really want to raise a beautiful, strong woman who's not afraid to be that and just be who she is. Who is very similar, who walks in the light of you. Yeah. And maybe, and hopefully bigger and better and more confident and takes heard another quote recently. Let me tell you, girl. So they said, the mother stands still. Mm. So the child, as they walk forward, they can always look back and see how far they've come. You can make me cry. And that was what it was for me. I always used to think, Mm -hmm. why is my mom in the kitchen all the time? I was like, dang, Ma, you always in the kitchen. (laughs) Every time I turn around, you're in the kitchen. You're always cooking. Like, why are you just always in the kitchen? Now, where's my favorite place to be? 
in the kitchen. Because you're providing. Providing. I feel like it's a a source of zen. It's like my comfort place. Mm -hmm. I love creating in there. So not only am I nurturing my family, but I'm also creating in there. It's Mm -hmm. where my creativity lives and lies. It's like that fulfills me so much. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that that's what I saw my grandma, my mom always. I think so. You know, what is it for you? What are those moments for you that just give you that? I don't know that peace that that this is this equals love to me. Yeah, I think it's when we have music playing in the house. My husband's a musician as well, um, and I'm a dancer, and so music has always been in my life. And so when there's just music playing and we're all just like dancing around, we have a lot of dance parties. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something really magical in that for me. Yeah. Like it's exactly where I'm supposed to be in that moment. There's you can't call me there's nothing that could take me out of that yeah yeah as crazy as this journey has been as ups and downs as you've had would you change anything about it I definitely wouldn't because I'd be afraid I wouldn't end here you know Mm -hmm. every little thing you change like it really adds up to who I am you know if I had been raised in a more accepting place where you know they taught me that I'm a beautiful strong woman from the beginning I mean I really don't know if I would have become an actor like Mm -hmm. part of me the reason I wanted to do that is I wanted to explore different people because I didn't right. love myself. Um, and then after that, it was Stop. I wanted to... Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Because we're going to rewind that. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Because when I hear stuff like, no, stop. Yeah. The reason why I explore different people is because I didn't love myself. Yeah. I was definitely trying on different lives, different characters, different emotions. Like, what would it be like to be the popular girl in school? To walk in and have everybody say, hey, what would it be like to be more downtrodden than you are, to be the one who has no food. And, and I think it was because it was like, I don't want to be me, so I'd rather try other people's lives on. But then that moved into like a, a form of therapy of, I love myself. I'm good with all the sides of myself. Instead of hiding them, let's explore them. Let's pull and this side out. was that still 36 or 27? That's interesting. That, that's an ongoing process, I think. And I mm. think that probably there were little jumps each time, but that's definitely an ongoing thing. Did motherhood change it in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, it's the ownership. You know, you get more like, I think because we we don't, you don't want to show like your child that there's something wrong with them. And mm-hmm. so if you act like there's something wrong with you, then you're passing that down to them. So you have this ownership of, I am who I am. I'm supposed to be here and I need to hold this space in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now here's a question. As you now parent your daughter... And not at two, per se. (laughs) Yeah. But let's fast forward to her teenage years or middle school or further along in elementary school. How will you parent her to make sure Mm. that she sees herself truly for who she is in the world? Yeah, that starts now. That starts now by making sure she knows how smart and talented and um, capable and beautiful she is. Um, And then that starts communication, just like constantly talking, making sure to understand what she is picking up of the world. Sometimes I think about the fact that we think we understand what our children see, Mm -hmm. but then we don't ask them. And sometimes they're picking up something totally different than what you think. And so if you talk to them, you might be able to correct that misunderstanding that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just really being communicative. Um, You know, for instance, like what I took away when my mom grabbed me and said, you're perfect the way you are, Mm -hmm. was there's definitely something wrong with you. You are definitely not right because she was so, you know, and as a child, you you can sense more than what is being said. Yeah, you can. Um, So just to be really communicative with her to make sure that I understand what she's picking up and I can guide her in that way is the best I can do. What in any way, what... I'm phrasing this question the best way I know how. From your childhood and from how you were raised, was there anything that you weren't given that you now know that you have to and must give your child? It's interesting. I I definitely had a hard childhood, but I also think my mom was like a superhero. So it, it's an interesting thing to be like, what should she have done or what did I need? But 
the the truth is but maybe I need it's not it. her. Yeah, I don't I don't think maybe it it's is. something else that you were missing. I, I or def- that you felt lack of that you now know that you want to provide to your daughter. Yeah, I, I yeah I guess that it's just um, an example of herself in the world. Mm. Um, it took me a really long time to see anyone that I felt like looked like me or came from some similar situations that was doing something that I wanted to do in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's Juno Diaz who has a really beautiful quote that's, I cannot repeat, but it's something about <laughs> if, you, if you never see an example of yourself in the world, it makes you feel like you're a monster. Mm-hmm. And that was very much how I felt. So like I'm not, no one looks like me on TV. No one looks like me running companies. The president doesn't look like me. The, the only people who look like me are not doing good things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something I will definitely make sure to to show my daughter because it's not that they weren't doing those things I just didn't know about it right so I want to make sure that she has heroes that look different that and that are doing wonderful things right because you were felt like you were other yeah yeah that's that's I just don't want her to feel like other yeah 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 I love that I absolutely love that Last question. Okay. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> this has been so fun. I mean, we can do this for hours. Let's keep if going. You want to. I can do this for hours with you. I just, I love talking oh, to you. Thank you. I guess my last question would be it's a full circle moment, right? Mm. Like now, you as a mother, everything that, you know, your journey mm. has gotten to you to this point. Instead of now saying, okay, what would you give your daughter? Mm. What would you give your younger self? Someone asked me this recently and I started crying um, (laughs) because I literally thought about it and all I can picture is giving her the biggest hug. Like, I just, Mm. I'm going to cry again. If I saw her, I would like run across the room and just be like, it's going to be okay and it's going to be more than okay. You are strong, you are capable and you just keep going because that's all I needed. I had the faith. um, I worked hard. You know, I had the positivity, but there are times when you're just like, man, another, another knock. Yeah. And I would just give her a hug and say, it's going to be so fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because someone asked me this recently. Yeah. What did you say? I said, I am worthy. I'm worthy. Of everything that I already felt in my heart, everything that we already know as kids. And I think some, I think some people are born just knowing they're just knowing that you have the power in the heart and the po- you possess a different type of light, yes. right? And I think that for me, it was just about as the journey I went through, I wasn't close to my father. It was like, you know, whatever that was, mm. I just felt like I needed someone to tell me, you are worthy. Mm. You are worthy. And so I love the fact that you say, I just needed a hug. Yeah, I really did. That's so interesting that you have such a great marriage and you also didn't have your your father in your life or didn't have a strong presence. Oh, yeah. It was something I really wanted as a child. So I think that's another thing I'm so grateful to give my daughter is mm. this strong man, that a nice relationship, all that's of right. it. That's what I think more than anything, too. I think when I unknowingly, subconsciously found a spouse in life and a partner in life, yeah. it was because I knew that they would be a great father to whatever child I was going to have. To so, you, too yeah like and I know that sounds weird but like yeah very you needed yeah yeah. you needed that that man in your life that that showed you something different that's right yeah that's that's what I needed for sure I mean I met him when I was 19 so I definitely think we raised each other yeah for sure me and my husband same thing we met I think at 21 so same it was like we very early so we felt like we walked through life together in many respects but yes beautiful oh my god I could do this with you all day girl I really really could um this was really special and honestly I really applaud you and I thank you for sharing your journey because your journey is not necessarily so um foreign to many people now Mm. I think there are a lot of people who walk in this same light and I'm talking about more fertility you're in terms of who you are and everything but there's so many women who sometimes don't see the light on how they're going to become mothers and I think hearing your story and seeing your strength and more so than any of that knowing the conviction that you possessed from the jump yeah. is something that I think is going to resonate mm-hmm. with people and especially people who can relate. I hope so. I yeah. hope you don't give up. Your child's out there in, in one form or the other. I would have been happy to adopt mm-hmm. or do anything just, 
your your child is out there if you believe in it. I think you, know? you also have to be open. Yes. I think you have to be yes. open to what, what I heard through your journey was that you were also open to trying different ways. Yep. This didn't work. Okay. Let's go figure this out. Okay, yep. that didn't work. Okay, cool. Let's go figure this out. All right, this we're getting close here. All right, yep. let's take a break and then let's go figure it so, And figure it out together that's with right. your partner. That's right. Yeah. And you weren't alone. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having me. Come back anytime. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, Cool Mom crew, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Cool Mom Code podcast with our guest, Shanti Lori. We hope you found some inspiration from her journey. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and stick around for upcoming episodes coming to you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.